What is the event podcast? We'll begin in five, three, one, four. Welcome to What is the Event Podcast with Jimmy and Georgia, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC. Your place to talk about the event. What do you want? Release Sophia and the rest of the detainees like you promised to. That promise was based on the premise that we were both being honest with each other. Mr. President. I don't need to hear your excuses. Release Sophia and the detainees or this time people will die. Welcome to What is the Event Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC, your place to talk about the event. This week, we will be discussing a matter of life and death, the most recent episode of The Event, which aired Monday, October the 11th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment. We're going to jump on over to our Revent Cap, the portion of the show where we recap the event here in just a moment. And uh, then we'll get into the event line, have the listener feedback. And then, as always, the last portion of our show this evening will be the Erratic Event Theory of the Week by me. All right, well, well without any further ado, let's jump on over to the Revent Cap. The Revent Cap, the portion of the show where we recap, recap the event. We start out with previously on the event, recapping the first three weeks' episodes, and then we see Sean and Collier running from the gunman from last week's episode. The car chase begins, sort of. <laughs> it takes a while for the gunman to find a car, kill someone, and carjack him, and then ultimately, somehow, miraculously, he finds them on the one road, apparently out of town, of Yuma, Arizona, and begins chasing them at high speed, shooting at them. The FBI agent Collier says she cannot return fire unless Sean hits the brakes and turns left. And when he does this, she's able to shoot the gunman. He crashes his car into the desert. And then just moments later, um, we see Collier and Walker have stopped to disable the GPS. She wants some revenge on the people who've done this to her partner and to her office. And then we flash back to Sean and Layla preparing to go apparently to their first Thanksgiving dinner together. And then we go to see Layla is being transferred to a new location by Vicky. And I believe his name is Carter. I haven't actually said his name on the episode, but I think that's what I've seen. All right, and the toilet's broken. This is not a very good place. It's a basement. There is a mattress, so that's an improvement over just an empty container. And the gentleman breaks a beer bottle, which he tries to clean up, but just as showing that that was such an important little thing, hmm, maybe that'll be important later. There's broken glass on the floor. He's trying to convince her that he's going to let her go and go back to a normal life. She doesn't really seem to believe him. And then Vicky and Tarter go back upstairs while Leela can overhear. And they are waiting to know what to do. All right, that is the first little section of the event. And we did cut to the title screen. All right, cut back from the commercial break. And we have several uh, passengers being interviewed at the Biodetention Center. The air marshal is one of them, a little girl in seat 20A. Amanda Gibbons from 24B, Daniel Chow from seat 5A, Jackie Grandios from 39C, 
Um, basically, I'll just say they don't know what happened. They remember taking off. They don't know where they are. They're upset. They're kind of confused, and they don't like all these questions being asked. And the doctors that are briefing the president and the vice president say that mitochondrial activity was still working throughout the bodies, even though there was no pulse or brain activity. So they thought they were dead. Um, the scientists have no clue what was done to them. Um, and then the president wonders, why would you seemingly kill someone only to bring them back? The vice president thinks maybe it was just to show power. He's briefed that Michael Buchanan is awake and that Sterling's there with him, and he is not happy about that. Buchanan, he thinks, may hold the key to the plot to kill the president. Um, Buchanan says that they killed his wife, they took his daughters, they were going to murder Layla in front of him. Sterling wants him to tell him who these people are. But he does ask, you know, where, where are my daughters? Sterling does inform him they have not been located, that he would try to help find them. But the only thing that Buchanan is able to share with them is that Leela knew the girl Vicky that was going to kill her. That's all he knew. Sterling, the vice president, dis discussed this little interrogation, and they are again at odds, as we've seen previously. One thing that was pretty good, well, he says it would be absurd for him to try to be involved in this plot to kill the president because that would put the vice president in charge, and obviously they don't like each other. And then we cut to some later point. The president is back in Washington in the White House, and he's telling his wife about what happened and seeing these dead bodies, in particular a young girl who is now awake and alive. He, she thinks she feels lied to, but he says these people have some other things that we didn't know about, um, that they can do some, something like this. And then a phone starts buzzing. It ends up it is the president's son's from his backpack, and it is Thomas, the leader of these renegade detainee people, whatever they are. And they, Martinez wants to talk, but Thomas wants the prisoners released. And if that doesn't happen, he says this time people will die. Dun dun dun. So yeah, this, it's just interesting how the uh, vice president and Sterling really don't get along, and how that was a good point that he would put the VP in charge if he were to kill the president or if someone else was to kill the president. So that's interesting. And whatever's going on with these people uh, is definitely strange. We mentioned it last week there were some neurotoxins and things that can you know, produce similar effects, but it's still weird. Okay, we get back from the commercial break, and Sean Walker is able to pick up an unsecured Wi-Fi signal. He gets into the system, and after Agent Collier suggests looking under some bank accounts under these aliases that Vicky has used, he finds that she has paid rent to a house in Lubbock, Texas, and has also used a debit or credit card to buy some groceries. We cut to five years earlier. Leela introduces Sean to her family. This is their first Thanksgiving together. Michael, we learn, used to fly international flights before taking the job with Avius Air. Sean doesn't really want to get, talk about his parents. So he seems very uncomfortable. And finally, he, he kind of breaks down a little bit and tells what's going on. He says he hasn't spoken to his parents for for a while, they got divorced when he was young, his mom was sick, his dad was an alcoholic, and since high school, he has not spoken to them. And since he is in college at the time, it wouldn't have been that long, just you know, a year or two, three, four, five at the most, I guess. And, but he did feel weird telling them the truth about his family, but he did it. He's a good guy. We, we cut back to Leela in the basement. She's looking at a boarded-up window. She's trying to escape. Ah, but there's one of those pieces of glass that was conveniently left on the floor for her and so she gets it and she starts to try to cut the ropes on her wrist but ends up cutting herself as well carter comes back in and says that he tells vicky that the gps is disabled and the cell phone is now jammed 
We cut over to Sean and Collier. They arrive at the house they think that Layla is in. Layla appears to be cutting herself trying to get free. Vicky gets a call, and apparently it's time to finish what she started, so she goes down into the basement. Collier tells Sean this is against everything that she was taught, but they're about to go over to the house. And we get back over to Leela. It's cutting back and forth quite quickly. Leela's still trying to cut it away, trying to get free. We see that Carter and Vicky are loading their guns. And we cut over to Sean and Collier running towards the house. And just as they get to the house number 255, um, we see that Carter is about to go outside. And it looks like he's about to open the door they're standing in front of. But wait, it's an old lady instead. They have tricked us. Master Trixie. But anyway, um, Vicky looks down, thing a little slide out like you see on cop movies and gangster movies and stuff, and sees Leela, and Leela looks up, and we cut to commercial break. That's just one of those clever little editing techniques make us think they're the same place that they're really not, and that's been done in movies for years, and it's pretty effective, but I think most of us kind of saw that coming, probably. I mean, it's kind of early on to kind of wrap up this little mystery, don't you think? Next commercial break is over, and we get back. We got to know who got close to the president's son. Someone obviously did to put that cell phone in the bag, so the president wants everyone on that service detail replaced. He doesn't know his name, but he wants to find Thomas. And uh, Sterling says he's going to do everything he can to protect the family, that he's raised the threat level to orange, and they are prepared for um, an attack, but they really don't even know what these people, so to speak, can do. We cut to 12 months earlier, and we see that Mrs. Martinez and the president are nervous about talking to this person, if that's what you call them, and that uh, they end up meeting with Sophia, and they kind of tell their story of how their mothers both immigrated from Cuba and how eventually, 30 years later, their mothers meet it back up and introduce each other, and that's how they got together and got married. And Sophia basically says that one day she wants her people to be integrated, and wants to be able to tell a story just like that. Oh, so sweet. We'll cut over to present time. Sophia is talking to the president. He wants to know who made the call. How does he stop him? Finally, Sophia, after being a jerk for so long and not sharing any information whatsoever, says his name is Thomas and that he gets what he wants and that he's not as patient as the rest of her people and she does not know what will happen. And then we cut to the bleeding noses of the people from Flight 514. So maybe they did time travel while they were transported to Yuma, Arizona. Because in Lost, if you were time-traveling too much and didn't have a constant, your nose started bleeding and you end up dying. So perhaps these people need a constant. Maybe they need Desmond to show up and, uh, you know, help them out. Aye, brother! But you never, you know, whatever. Okay, this is the thing. Right, we'll stop right here for a second. They didn't go back to this. I was quite honestly just upset about that just a little bit. This was the most interesting thing that happened this entire episode Oh, these people who are dead and alive again are sick. They're bleeding. They're dying, apparently. Oh, but we're not going to show you anymore, tell you anything else about that. That's just kind of dumb. Really, I, I, at the end of the show, I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to cut back over there and have some cliffhanger. Oh, no. So, Vicky, or whatever her name is, um, has a son, and that she he is there in the back of the house with the grandmother, and Sean you know, talks with her, shows a picture of his mom, and he has a picture of him. And so anyway, they finally break down with um, Vicky's mom and get an emergency number to contact Vicky. It is um, something in Colorado. It's a 720 area code, and none of the aliases they had listed for her are there in Colorado. So it's interesting. Anyway, cut back over to Leela. 
Leela is trying to reason with Vicky. Vicky's apparently trying to kill her. But Leela is able to get free, knock the gun out of her hand, get the gun, and then run up the stairs and apparently shoot Vicky. Leela makes it outside, starts running away in her short shorts. Just seemed to remind me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre for some reason. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre running away, running away. And um, she runs into a cop. Oh, no, is it a good cop? Is it a bad cop? I don't know. So she's not making any sense to him. So Unit 7 says there's possibly a 1096 happening. Anyway, she gets into the car. He takes her back to the precinct and talks with her situation over with another police officer. Um, and he says that no one reported any shots fired. And that's here is where we cut back over Sean Collier and we learned about the 720 number. And then we see that his um, cell phone battery is low again. Because they did show that a little earlier. You know, he had like 8%, 10%. Now it's only 4%. And so... I'm not sure exactly what happened. Maybe he saw that he only had a little bit of battery left and he sent the call that he didn't recognize to voicemail. I'm not sure, but I know he showed him looking at the battery being low. And then Alila's calling him at the same time. So I'm not sure if he sent that to voicemail because he didn't recognize the number or what happened. But anyway, um, Alila's calling him, telling him she's in Snyder, Texas, that she got away and that Sean needs to come and get her. We do cut to five years earlier because they like to cut around to all these different little time jumps. But again, this this week's been a little bit better than it was the first two weeks. Anyway, so mom likes Sean. Good news. She thinks he's a good one. Michael is still, you know, kind of trying to feel Sean out a little bit. Basically, he ends up telling Sean he needs to make Layla happy and treat her with respect. He gives him some rare scotch with a weird label on it and says, Welcome to the family. What was that about? Really? <laughs> that was just strange. To Layla, we come back over to her. And Carter and Vicky are in the police station. They plan the whole escape and everything that happened just so she would make the call to Sean, M. Night Shyamalan style. We get to see the flashbacks of what happened that were kind of obvious anyway. And uh, anyway, we get that going on. And then let's uh, hope Walker gets the message, so to speak. They're going to try to find him. Okay, why would, why, who cares about Sean Walker? Why are they trying to find him? I mean, okay, he's gotten some basic information of some some things going on, but like really he's that important. Oh, let's let her go and talk to some police and let's kill some cops. Like, really? I just don't get that. I really don't. Like, what makes him so special? But that's what they're doing. And the other thing that why haven't they killed Layla yet? Is it only because they want Sean? That's just dumb too. Well, I mean, the whole thing with the daughters, why wouldn't they have killed the daughters as soon as Michael Buchanan got in the airplane and started to fly it towards the president? Oh, he's gonna do it. Okay, kill him. That doesn't make much sense to me. I don't. I don't. I don't know what these motivations of these people are. Don't about you, but I don't know. Apparently, Sean is more important than we think he is. Oh no! What does that mean? Guess we'll talk about that in my erratic event theory of the week. You have to stick around and find out. But anyway, that is our little revent cap for this week. Uh, I do want to say thanks to B Week 79. He did say this week, I like the character development tonight, although I can't say the show is progressing very fast. It really hasn't. Not a lot has really moved forward since we got started. Really? I mean, a few things here and there. I definitely think episode four was a stronger episode than episode three and two. Uh, I don't know how, but all your thoughts on those episodes were. I was disappointed in the second episode a little bit. I was bored by most of the third episode. And this episode, I definitely enjoyed a little more. Anyway, we're going to jump over to the event news. All right, it is the event news time, and we have a few little things to jump into. First up, we're going to go ahead and talk about 
the truth seeker 5314 or 5314, however you want to call it. And I like the title of his last post from October the 11th, Night of the Living Dead. And so I like the, the fact that the show, this is the official NBC website, is referring to them as zombies in some sort of a way. Because I want to know what's going to happen to these people. And I was upset, like I said earlier, that we saw the nose bleeding and then nothing. I want to know what's going on. I mean, if they're just going to die, that's lame. If they have this virus, I want to know about it. If they have something that's going to hurt people or kill people, tell us. Don't just you know show people in hazmat suits running around and, and stop and don't ever go back to it. I really I assume that's going to be a big part of next week's episode. But um, definitely didn't like they didn't go back to it. But anyway... So the Truth Seeker 5314, I'll have a link to that right now. You'll see a little picture pop up if you have the AAC capabilities as far as the pictures and things with the iPhone, iPad, you know, iPod, iTunes, whatever, iStuff, iThingies. But basically he has some stuff that says, I'll just read part of it. It says, we received solid intel from deep inside the CDC that dead bodies of the passengers of Avius Air 514 were recovered from a crash site in Arizona and transported to a biocontainment facility outside of Washington, D.C. Well, word is they're actually still alive. And so, and they have some pictures of uh, the uh, people who were like, you know, secret CDC pictures. But anyway. That was uh, that little section there. And also, as always, we try to take a look at Nick Waters' blog to see what he's got going on over there. And he does have some more information yet again. And if you want to go over there, you can go to theeventiscoming.com slash blog. But hey, guess what? AAC feed people, you look for the link and the picture in your little uh, box there or on your iPhone or iPod or iPad. And uh, it'll take you right there to it. And this little thing he has titled, It's Like Juggling. And he gives us a few hints and things um, about next week, just a little one. And uh, one thing that I had saw on Twitter, some people were asking, I thought the same thing. You know, where was Hal Holbrook? We saw, you know, if you've seen the, the reports and things, Hal Holbrook was supposed to join the show in episode four. He wasn't actually on there, but apparently near the end of the show when Vicky got the phone call, that was Hal Holbrook talking to her via the phone. So it did say that. Nick says, I hope you enjoyed last night's episode featuring Hal Holbrook's first appearance via phone. And I like, I like, I do like what he said as far as leading them to the next episode. He says, Sean and Agent Collier are close to Leela and heading right into a trap. And the passengers are not out of the woods yet. They're become pawns in the hands of the mysterious Thomas. They're part of his plan. And trust me, you don't want to be them. And then that's all for next week. And so, and I do think it's interesting how the whole production process works. They're breaking episode 10, they're writing episode 9, shooting episode 8, and editing episodes 5, 6, and 7. So it's like lots of crazy work going on over there right now. And so I do think it's cool that at least some of these episodes weren't finished You know, when the season started. They're still working on writing and, and things. And so hopefully that's going to help them improve the show, get some feedback of what's working and what's not working. Um, I'm not sure how far, how many episodes were actually completed once they aired the first episode, but it does to me at least seem like the show's gotten better. Like I said earlier, the second episode, yeah, I wasn't real big on. Third episode, I, it was kind of boring. It got excited near the end, which I liked, and I definitely like the ending in the third episode. And then the fourth episode, I think, was a much better episode. So I'm just curious how far back those all those all things started. But anyway, we're going to um jump on over to our next little bit of news and look at the ratings for this week because that is something I like to talk about. I know some people don't like to talk about ratings, but that's how TV works. If you don't have good ratings, you don't stay on TV. 
and um, their vent. We see a couple of different things now. They're, they are coming out with some numbers these days called plus sevens, which somehow or another, and I'm not exactly sure how it works, takes into account a whole next seven days after the original airing. And I guess I'm not sure if it takes into account anything other than DVR. I don't know if it includes such things as NBC.com or Hulu or iTunes or anything else. As far as I know, it's just DVR boxes. And so they can adjust some of the numbers that way as far as the uh, final numbers for a, for an episode of a, of a TV show. And um, anyway, the event, as we all know, if we've been keeping up with such things, has been steadily declining each week. And um, this week was no different. It declined another million viewers or so as far as overnight ratings go. And granted, like I just said, yes, this will be adjusted slightly for uh, DVR usage and stuff later. But like the first first half hour of the event, got a 6.502 rating, and the second half hour got a 6.404, which is almost half of where it started the first episode, which isn't so good. But again, it's going to get adjusted somewhat from all the DVR stuff, but that's still not a, not a very good rating. Um, you know, Chuck, for instance, is down to like the 5 million range, which is kind of where it stays. Um, I, Chase is from what I hear is the next show on the, the chopping block as outlaws already getting canceled. I think chase and the undercovers are kind of in, in a race to see who's going to get canceled first. And chase is under, under 5 million viewers there for the second half hour of its show. And also with the ever important 18 to 49 rating, it is, um, down to a 1.6. Um, whereas the event, at least it stayed at a 2.2 in that, in that particular category, which is pretty important. But I honestly still don't see how in the world two and a half men and Mike and Molly are beating the event. Those are just stupid, stupid things. I don't, I don't get that. And I know people like the Dancing with the Stars. It's like the number one show, apparently. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, 21 million people were watching Dances with the Stars the second half hour to see who got eliminated. And only 6 million people were watching the event. Versus almost 11 million people watching the stupid Mike and Molly. That just makes a bunch of stupid fat jokes the whole time. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. What are, what are, what are people's priorities? I have been seeing on Twitter that people are saying that the event should move to Thursday nights at 10, following the little comedy block, and replace the Aileen Apprentice, who's getting terrible ratings without the celebrities. Um, I, I know personally I like Celebrity Apprentice. I really enjoyed last season with Brett Michaels and uh, Holly Robinson and all those people who were on there. And have not watched the regular Apprentice. Don't care. Really don't. But, um, yeah, the ratings are very important. And the event is a very expensive show. So, I mean, I don't think we're in serious trouble just yet. But every week the ratings keep going down. That's not a good thing for the for the show. All right. Well, obviously we have a rapist out here in Lincoln Park. Oh, sorry. Whenever I hear Will, I kind of go off into the... That little bad intruder song in my head. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up our little event news section for this Wednesday. And then we're going to jump over to the brief but interesting, hopefully, erratic event theory of the week. And then follow that up by our spoilerific section where I will share with you the episode title and official description of episode five of the event. Okay, my erratic event theory of the week is this. Dun, dun, dun. It involves Sean's parents. 
Obviously, they brought up his backstory of who his parents are, what there's going on with them for some reason. And so my theory is this. His mother was made sick by the, as far as I know, aliens. And his father, the alcoholic, who he hadn't talked to in several years, is involved in the government cover-up with the CIA. Don't know what his uh, father's job was. Don't know what his mother's job was. But we know that um, Sean with the MIT. And so I'm just assuming his family probably had some money. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that his dad is involved with the CIA cover-up. And his mom was attacked by Thomas's group and made ill because of the work of Sean's father, Mr. Walker. And that, my friends, is my erratic event theory of the week. Okay, we're going to jump into the slightly spoilerific section of the show where we will discuss the upcoming episode title and official description. And this usually takes 45 seconds to a minute, uh, but if you are on the AAC feed, you can skip ahead using the chapters function, which is really cool, which is one of the main things I like about the AAC feed. And so even if you don't have an iPod, you can use iTunes. It's free, and so you can check that out. Okay, so if you do not want to hear the episode title or official description, I would say skip ahead 45 seconds, starting right now. All right, episode five of the event is called Casualties of War. D.B. Sweeney and Heather McComb guest star. The biological threat intensifies. The CDC rushes to identify the contagion and treat the infected people. While the White House and Director of National Intelligence face a difficult dilemma in the negotiation with Thomas. Meanwhile, Simon appeals to Sophia to turn on Thomas. Elsewhere, FBI agent Collier closes in on Vicky and Carter. But appearances are not always what they seem. Oh, no. And this episode stars Jason Ritter, Sarah Romer, Blair Underwood, Scott Patterson, Lisa Vidal, and Bill Smistrovich, directed by Milan Shevlov. That is episode five of the event, Casualties of War. Hey, it's a good movie by Michael J. Fox, by the way, and Sean Penn, if you haven't checked that out. Check it out. Maybe the writers are fans of Michael J. Fox. Maybe we'll have a Back to the Future episode or Secret of My Success, Doc Hollywood. Robert Gillet here. What is this event? Hmm. I don't know. I'll tell you what it's not. The event is not Robert Goulet singing a song. Hmm. Robert, man, what's going on? Why are you, why are you interrupting my show like that? Hmm. Well, Jimmy, you need some help on here. You know what I mean? Hmm. La da dee da da do. Yeah, I'm okay, Robert. Robert, speak, speaking of you, aren't, aren't you dead? Um. Uh, well, yes. Hmm. And I love I'll go. So, so what does that make you? Well, you know, I came back to life. It's just like those people on the event. So, so you're telling me you're like a zombie or something? Or a vampire or werewolf or something? Mmm, that's right. I'm zombie Goulet. Mm, get, get ready for Halloween, everyone. Be zombie Goulet this year. Mm. All right. Thanks. Thanks, zombie Goulet. And, uh, all right. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of What is the Event Podcast. And, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed listening. And if not, you can leave us awesome, awesome feedback on iTunes and tell us we're dull and Oh, by the way, this show started September 20th, right? Okay, so if the show starts on September 20th, anything before September 20th wouldn't actually really be about the show necessarily, now would it? Okay, just just throwing that out there. Alrighty. Please contact the show if you'd like to. 
You can call us at 773-41-EVENT. That's 773-41-EVENT. You can also call us on Skype for free. You can look us up there. We're Event Podcast. And likewise, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook under twitter.com slash event podcast or facebook.com slash event podcast. Email us at what is the event podcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, what is the event podcast.com for all important information about the event and about our podcast. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Please submit your feedback, your theories, your comments, your questions, your, your suggestions. I like suggestions as well. All right. So this week's episode is over. We will see you next week. Peace. He's going to tell them about the event.